Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and a video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. And we're actually traveling around South America currently. We've been uh, at it here in South America for the last seven months. We've actually visited every single country here on the continent now. And we're actually in Montevideo, the capital of Uruguay, as we speak. And while we're traveling, we actually love interviewing fellow world travelers, fellow travel bloggers, and uh, in this interview, fellow Canadians. And I have the pleasure and honor of interviewing a fellow Canuck. Actually, she's from a different part of Canada than me. I'm from Vancouver, BC, Canada. And I guess today has been uh, living in Toronto. She's originally from Montreal, but she's actually not there, and neither am I. She's in Dublin, Ireland, and here I am in Montevideo, Uruguay. And our guest today is Pamela Kefalo, and uh, Pamela is the founder of Travel Like the Chief, and she focuses on luxury travel for couples. And we're super excited to uh, learn more about that topic today. So, Pamela, how are you doing over there in beautiful Dublin, Ireland today? Doing great. Thank you so much for having me today, Ricky. This is great. And um, I see that you've traveled all over South America. That's pretty awesome. That's definitely on my bucket list soon. So glad to be here. Glad to have you on there. And, uh, you know, definitely uh, you're in a beautiful part of the world and uh, you're up there and uh, you have a chance to see a lot. So we're going to be finding about your travels and about your travel blog and luxury travel. So Pamela, to start off with, why don't we get to know you a little bit better if you want to do a little bit of an introduction and share more about yourself. Yeah, definitely. So uh, as you mentioned, I'm originally from Canada, so we both have that in common, uh, except I'm from the East Coast and you're from the West Coast. I grew up in Montreal, uh, Quebec, and then moved over to Toronto where I lived for about five years. And uh, my husband got a job opportunity in Ireland, which made us move uh, across the pond and settle in in Dublin. Um, I've basically worked my whole life in the corporate world and then finally left all that behind when I moved over here to Ireland. And I'll tell you a little bit about how I came up with the name Travel Like a Chief. As you know, my last name is Kefalo, although the first few letters of my last name actually spell out chief with an extra F. So it was kind of a little play on my last name, Travel Like a Chief, uh, just to kind of represent what we do in our travels and, and make it all about us and as a couple. Sounds great. Definitely love the name. Uh, it's a, a very appropriate for luxury travel, traveling like a chief, traveling luxury. So curious to know to start off with about your travel side of things. Uh, did you do most of your travel when you're based in Canada? You did a lot more when you so walk us through passion and love for travel first began. My gosh, I think it started when I was a kid. My dad always loved to travel, and I think that's where I got it from. We used to take family trips all the time as, as kids. We used to go to Italy often. Uh, I'm of Italian origin. Both my parents are born in Italy. I'm actually a first-generation Canadian. Uh, so I think it started there. And then I started working in the corporate world, and my job required me to travel a lot as well. So I was traveling all over North America, Canada, from coast to coast, as well as the US, uh, Caribbean, all those areas. Um, and it's just, I guess, I don't know, it's genetic. <laughs> it's something that's kind of in, in, in you. And I 
kept going with it. Then I met my husband and he wasn't much of a traveler. I'm going to be honest. It was quite challenging to get him to love it, but we're getting there. He's starting to enjoy it a lot more. Um, I think it's really has to do with how we plan our vacations that we can enjoy it more than he would have a long time ago. Um, so that's how it all started. And now I've kind of made it my life. I decided to start the blog to talk about all of our travels that we do. And it's, it's a passion of mine. So I figured I'd share it with the world. Awesome. And uh, you're actually based over there in Dublin, Ireland. I'm curious to know about uh, how is life as a Canadian expat in Ireland? What are some of the good things and also some of the challenges? Okay, so some of the challenges I think as an expat in general anywhere in the world is making friends. I think that was the biggest challenge and especially when you're not working, it makes it even more difficult because you're not exposed to people that you can start building relationships with and you're not actually getting out there to see people. Um, I think that's been one of the biggest challenges. There's no language barrier, so I think that was easy to settle in and, and get accustomed to the lifestyle here. I think the biggest challenge has been the weather. It's been quite the shock. Um, I don't really like rain. <laughs> so this has been difficult in the past two years to, to have like dreary, cloudy, rainy days all the time. Um, and it's a small city. So I've been used to living in Toronto, which is probably the most cosmopolitan, like the New York of, of Canada, right? Uh, so just the hustle and bustle, the tons of people walking around in the streets. Uh, I miss that part of it. Dublin, uh, a local actually called it a capital village. Uh, so it's very small. It's very intimate. If you think about it, there's only 4 million people in all of Ireland. So it, it's tiny. Um, but it's been cool to learn about a different culture and what they're interested in and, you know, the things that they do. It's a very big pub scene out here. So a lot of people meet at the pub after work and that's where they hang out. Uh, so that's been a little bit of a challenge too, because it's not really my thing. So hanging out at a pub is not really something that I, I enjoy so much. So that's probably why it's been a little bit more difficult to meet people and actually get out there. So tell us about uh, some of your travels from Ireland. It's uh, definitely a great base point uh, to see a lot of Europe. So what are some of the tra travels you've been able to do over the last few years of living there? Yeah, we've done a lot of travel since we moved here. Obviously, we wanted to see Ireland first things first. So we did all of the West Coast, uh, Cliffs of Moher, Galway, all those beautiful places. Then we did the North and visited Belfast, um, did Carrickerrick Bridge. We're going to be doing Newgrange next week. So we're kind of going all around, uh, basically getting to the South before we leave. And then we ventured out. Our favorite escape is London, England. Great city. Absolutely love it. And since we're huge foodies, uh, we definitely love to go to London because the selection of restaurants is just incredible. And then when it comes to luxury travel, they've got a down pack with luxury five-star hotels, uh, Michelin-starred restaurants, uh, top 50 restaurants. So so you have a huge selection there. I would say Paris is another city that we definitely like to go often. Uh, we actually just got back from there last week. Uh, we went for the weekend. So it's it's Paris during Christmas time is amazing. Uh, all The city is completely lit up. It's gorgeous to walk around, Christmas markets, uh, so many activities and beautiful window displays. It's just absolutely stunning. Um, Italy, we were just in Positano uh, this summer. We enjoyed uh, that area as well. We did Greece. Um, we also traveled to Germany, Berlin a few months back as well. 
um, Amsterdam earlier this year. So we're really getting out there and it's just so easy to get around and compared to travel within the North America where tickets are just so expensive, you can get any ticket here for for nothing. It's just, it's crazy the difference in price that you, you find just flying within Europe. It's really a lot less expensive. That's why people here travel so much. Yeah, and it, even when we're here in South America, we actually see a lot of Europeans, especially a lot of Germans everywhere we're going. I think they got a long vacation and uh, they obviously save up and they do a lot of the travel. So uh, they're definitely everywhere in the world traveling around. So I'm uh, curious to know about your travel blog, Pamela. You mentioned the whole origin of the name, uh, but tell us a little bit about the conception of the blog and when did you start it up? So it's actually not even a year old yet. I started it in February 2017 and there was a lot of work just to kind of get it to look the way I wanted to. So the design process was quite a challenging one. Um, so I basically put that together and then I really wanted to focus on hotel stays, destinations, things to do. So things to do that are in line with my me and my husband like to do together. Uh, a lot of it consists of uh, eating at good restaurants, staying at really nice hotels, uh, taking it easy, doing a spa day. And then I like to explore cities and just see a little bit more of the cultural side of a city too. So kind of mixing that up and, and accommodating both what I like to do and what he likes to do. Uh, and, and kind of filling up a weekend or a week vacation, doing fun stuff and having the relaxation side of it as well. I always like to say when I plan my vacations, it's a 60% uh, relaxation, 40% activities so that we're not too tired because, you know, he's taking some time off from work to actually relax, whereas I'm, you know, more interested in, in being busy and doing stuff all the time. So I have to compromise there a little bit. You know, after all, that's what marriage is all about. Uh, so I try to split it up a little bit so that we both get what we like. So, a, you know, a day at the spa and then spending time at the beach and then maybe going hiking somewhere on another day to satisfy my inner adventurous side. Awesome. Yeah, definitely marriage definitely takes compromise. Me and my wife are different types of travelers, too. I'm more the adventurer. Go oh, my wife and slow down. So we're definitely balanced. And it's a continuing, ongoing balance of needs are being met. Uh, so, uh, Pamela, curious to know about the whole luxury side of things. Uh, that's one of your big, your focal points for your blog. Luxury vacation. How would you define that? So luxury vacation, I think the best way to put it is if the hotel or the place you're staying at is not nicer than where you live, I'm not interested. <laughs> I think that has been, if you're leaving home, you want to go somewhere that is nicer than what you're used to just because you're leaving to go on vacation. Obviously the city is something that you want to explore, but the comforts that you would have at home, you would want to find them where you're going and possibly make it even better than what you have at home. Uh, I think that's kind of the notion behind a luxury travel. Uh, service is really big, uh, especially being from North America where just a service industry, just service in general is, is, above anywhere else so that's another thing that we look at uh you know we usually stay at five-star hotels we have stayed at some four-star hotels and you notice the difference when it comes to just a little attention to detail right like the things that they do for you um 
just the bedding, the rooms, the bathrooms, the amenities, uh, the things that are available, the services, um, the restaurants that are available in the hotels as well. So even the activities that, that we do uh, within the area that we're in. So it, it makes a difference. So again, it's really about having a place that you go to that's nicer than what you're used to at home. That's the whole idea of luxury for me, for us. Definitely a great way to put it. Uh, we don't do a lot of luxury uh, vacations, but uh, because of my travel blog, every now and then we do get pampered and we uh, have stayed in a few five-star ones and uh, definitely a great uh, you know, break and a great refuge and a great uh, time to relax. So when you're actually choosing the hotel, what are the particular things you look for? You mentioned a few of them, but uh, dissect a little bit. Uh, you know, what goes in your brain when you're picking a luxury hotel? Okay, so it's a very long process. <laughs> I go through lists and lists. I actually read reviews. So the first thing I usually do, I look at Condé Nast uh, top hotels of the world for the year that we're in. Um, then I look at the Telegraph world's best hotels as well list and I compare. So what I do every year is I prepare a spreadsheet with all of these different um, travel uh, entities. So, for instance, uh, TripAdvisor's top luxury 25 hotels of the world. And then I basically put them all on a spreadsheet and whichever ones are mentioned more than once are usually the ones that I'm the most attracted to. Because clearly if everybody's talking about it, there has to be something special about it. Um, another thing too is if we're picking a destination, uh, I, I like to pick a location where you're central, right? So where you're in the city, you're in the hustle and bustle, or if it has like a beautiful beachfront property, uh, these are all the things that I look for. Uh, we are also Marriott uh, members. So if, you know, there are Marriott hotels, which they're everywhere, um, that is another a hotel chain that we look at uh, in the luxury um, area as well. Um, so after reading reviews, and I have a weird way of looking at reviews too, I like to read the worst ones first, and then I work my way up to the better ones, because you can tell a lot of what people complain about whether it's not true or whether it's just not something that I would actually pay attention to. Um, so those are kind of the things that I do to look at. Uh, and then I also ask around, right, people's experiences where they've stayed that have similar tastes than us um, and look at it that way. That is an elaborate process, uh, you know, uh, going through the Condé Nest and then uh, actually uh, the different travel magazines, different travel blogs, and they make you the spreadsheet, ask you around, reading the reviews. So good on you. I'm sure you've definitely been able to pick out some gems. So I'd love to hear uh, what have been some of your favorite luxury hotels that you've stayed in so far. Definitely. So one that has stood out so, so much, I have to say, is Amanzo in Greece. It's about a two and a half hour drive from Athens. And the resort is just spectacular. Honestly, I have to say it is just perfection. It's an Amman, part of the Amman chain. So it was my our first experience at an Amman hotel. And just everything, the property, uh, the services, the attention to detail, the rooms were just exquisite, uh, well-decorated, tasteful, very minimalist. Uh, the food was excellent. Um, just, it was a phenomenal experience. I highly recommend it. And it, it was just a very relaxing vacation. I feel like that was probably the most relaxing place that we've ever been to. And it, it was just gorgeous with olive trees, groves all around the property. Uh, just the pavilions themselves that we stayed in were humongous. They were 2000 square feet. So just that to have to yourself, 
in a living area with a beautiful plunge pool that's like right next to you. So it, it was by far the best experience. And then for a cityscape, I would have to say Plaza Athene in Paris was one of our favorites this year. Uh, if I were to represent Paris, I would say Plaza Athene has been probably the perfect way to describe Paris. It's just, it's elegant, it's sophisticated, it's beautiful, it's very well decorated. Um, it's won several awards as well. It's perfectly located. It's uh, amazing a hotel. The rooms are gorgeous. And then the view um, on Avenue Montaigne to look at the Eiffel Tower as well, it was just spectacular. So that was the second most favorite for 2017. Wow, you definitely painted a great picture of both those hotels. Uh, you know, a lot of our listeners and listeners are going to put those on their bucket list and must uh, get. Uh, so, Pamela, we talked about the hotel process, but uh, we'd love to hear about the restaurants too, because uh, as you mentioned, you guys are foodies. Travel, a big part of travel is trying out that local cuisine and finding those amazing restaurants. Uh, so, tell us about um, what do you look for in a restaurant when you're looking for luxurious uh, restaurant dining? So um, there are a couple of lists, again, that I look at to refer to. Uh, there is the top, the world's 50 best restaurant list. So there is a list for the world, and then there's a list for Asia. There's a list for Latin America. Uh, I usually take a look there and check out the different restaurants, and then I read the reviews on there. Uh, Michelin Guide as well is another that I, I like to refer to as well that has a good uh, idea of good restaurants in the area. Um, and then I also like to do some research online. Um, and we pretty much plan everything way in advance. So the whole idea of going on vacation and winging it is just, it, it doesn't work for us. It doesn't work for me personally. My husband is a little bit more easygoing, but I, I always say that life is too short to have a bad meal. And I just can't take a chance and have a bad meal while on vacation. I just feel like I have a serious case of fear of missing out if I don't go to the best restaurants when we're at a location because chances are you're never going to go back or you might not go back for a few more years so you want to make sure you get it right the first time uh, so the world's 50 best is definitely a list that we refer to and this takes a lot of planning because some of these restaurants you really have to reserve like two to three months in advance sometimes uh, so I usually have all of our dinner reservations done and then we kind of wing it for lunch so I like to kind of see what's around and ask uh, the locals when we get there to have lunch and then you really get down to business on a serious dinner time reservation uh, in the evening. Awesome. I love the quote too. Uh, Life's too short for bad meal. <laughs> That's definitely yeah. a, a quotable <laughs> quote. Uh, we've asked you about your favorite hotels. Uh, any uh, restaurants that really stand out for you? Yeah, definitely. I think the best one for this year that we've tried was uh, 11 Madison Park in New York. It was fantastic. It was just really original. They did a uh, tasting menu of the past 11 years, I believe, that they've been open and the main uh, specific dish from each year uh, that they've been uh, opened uh, in New York. And it was just it was fantastic, a great experience. The service was amazing, the location, the setting. Uh, we really, really enjoyed it. So that has to be the number one. And it also happens to be the number one world's best restaurant right now at the moment. They just got voted. Uh, a couple of weeks before we went actually. So it was quite a surprise. We were really happy uh, that they made it to the top of the list right before, uh, right after we made the reservation actually. Uh, so that was cool. Another one, one of my favorite restaurants in Toronto actually that we just had the pleasure of going to is Momofuku Shoto. 
they have a location in New York as well, which is actually a Michelin starred restaurant. And they also opened up in Toronto. And it's probably one of my favorites. There's maybe 20 seats at the bar and they prepare the food in front of you and you get the different courses as they prepare them in front of you and they bring them to the table with a great wine pairing. So it's a really nice experience. Yeah, definitely sounds amazing. And uh, congratulations for visiting and eating at the world's uh, best restaurant. Uh, yeah, that's my uh, Yeah, sorry for interrupting there. Tell us about what are the features of a good luck vacation. Obviously, the you stay maybe the two big factors. So tell us about the other factors that make a great retreat. Factors that make a great vacation. Yeah, a luxury one. Yeah, yeah. Especially a luxury one. What other uh, aspects of travel are you looking into? So I think it has to do with experiences as well. Because great, you know, you have a great hotel room. You have a lovely um, experience getting there. But then it's all about experiencing the location. So little things that make things a little bit more special. So for instance, if you're going to go visit Positano, you can drive around the coast and visit it from inland perspective or you can rent a boat and go sailing and go visit the different islands and dock in different areas across the Amalfi Coast. So those are the little things that make a, a vacation more of a luxury vacation is kind of uh, doing things that you're you experience differently than what most people would choose to do. Um, other luxuries, again, would be um, just ease of, of getting around. So in, instead of taking public transportation, you can book uh, car services during your vacation to get you to go visit different areas. So we've had uh, tours organized for us, private tours, uh, without the buses, without having to have the crowd with us uh, and being on a schedule. It's really having that flexibility of doing what you want to do. So if you're too tired to do something, you can change the itinerary on the fly, which is something that you can't really do when you're in a group setting. Uh, so I think that's another um, aspect of luxury vacationing that, that we like to take advantage of. So really booking those private tours and setting up an itinerary that is accustomed to us and having the flexibility of changing it if, if we want to. So I think those are the biggest things. It's really um, seeing things, seeing places uh, that are not necessarily tourist traps or tourist attractions and kind of getting off the beaten path a little bit too and having that exclusive uh, view of a, a place that you're visiting. Awesome. So definitely. Um, so uh, what would you say uh, for people watching and listening who want to get into luxury travel and they don't know much about it and, uh, you know, they'd like to get into it, but they don't know where to start and how to travel in luxury? Yeah, so do your research. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, I, I always like to say look for some other bloggers that, that are, are interested in tra luxury travel because, again, it's people's experiences is what you like to go off of. So I don't like to wing it. I like to hear what people's experiences were in certain places. So there are other uh, travel bloggers that I, I look up to or that I, I trust their opinions. So I, I look at that as well. Uh, I think the other thing is to get the notion that luxury travel doesn't necessarily always have to be more expensive if you plan it accordingly. Um, if you book your hotels during off seasons, um, also business class flights, uh, you can get great deals on that as well. Uh, so it's really just a question of, of finding things that you like to do and then 
doing your research and really finding out which tour companies are the best ones to work with, which um, aircrafts, what airlines are best, which hotels, uh, and really finding somebody that you can relate to and get ideas from. If you have favorite bloggers you want to mention, give a shout out to. Favorite bloggers? Yeah, you mentioned uh, some uh, travel bloggers that it's good to look into. Do you have any favorites that you want to give a shout out to on the show? Yeah, definitely. Um, I would have to say EB Woodward, Woodward uh, are my foodie go-tos. I Every restaurant recommendation, they definitely have the same similar tastes in, in restaurants than us. So I usually look at her blog, uh, her and her husband's blog. Um, there is Mrs. O around the world as well. She has some amazing uh, places to recommend as well. She's been in this in the industry for quite a while. So she has access to a lot of great luxury hotels. Um, exotic Traveler, she uh, actually helps me plan my vacations as well. She's my luxury travel consultant, so she's been fantastic. Um, so those are kind of my three go-to places that I actually like to refer to for food and luxury experiences. Awesome. Well, uh, it's definitely great to have you in the show. And closing here, I'm curious to know about your vision forward. You're based in Ireland, uh, traveling around in Europe. Tell us about what 2018 and beyond holds for you your travels, your business, life, et cetera. Yeah, definitely. So uh, 2018 is right around the corner and we have a little bit left here in Ireland before we move back to Toronto. So the plan is that we're probably going to be moving back mid-year next year back to Toronto. And then what I'd like to do is tackle North America. So really get to know my own country, which I've visited um, quite thoroughly, but really in a leisurely way because I used to do it for, for work. So it's a very different kind of um experience so i think i definitely want to take a look at canada and really explore it and 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 take it all in and then uh, the us and south america as well uh the blog i am really looking to build it i really want to make this a career i think i i've i could do that and i think there's uh, a lot of places to see and and share and i think there's a lot of interest out there for people to to read the blog and you know look at my experiences and, and get inspired by that. So I'm definitely focusing on that and uh, hoping to grow my following and hoping to get more people to visit my blog. Uh, so that's the goal for 2018 for sure. Well, definitely getting onto shows and podcasts and doing interviews is a great way of getting that exposure and building that audience. And I definitely wish you the best with building the blog and uh, you know your travels in uh, the rest of the year and beyond. Uh, so Pamela, to close off here, if people wanted to connect with you, follow you on your website and social media, how can they do that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Travel Like a Chief, so Chief with two Fs. Um, I'm also on Instagram, uh, Travel Like a Chief as well there. I'm on Twitter, um, Like a Chief only, not Travel Like a Chief. And uh, basically, if you want to send me an email and chat or collaboration or you want some advice on uh, different properties or places to visit around the world, uh, that would be Pamela at TravelLikeAchieve.com. Uh, so yeah, I'm easily uh, reached anywhere on those platforms. Awesome. Yeah, definitely check out her website, Travel Like a Chief. Just remember there's two Fs, and I'll have a, have a link below. You can click right through and follow Pamela across the social as well. So thanks again. Uh, definitely always a pleasure to talk to a fellow Connect, and we'll talk with you soon, Pamela. Thank you so much. Take care.
you're very welcome. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in to this episode. Definitely a lot of amazing information all about luxury travel, about how to book uh, those great luxury hotels and restaurants and experiences and transport. So definitely connect with Pamela. Definitely connect with us as well. We're at daddyblogger.com, where we're writing about our family trip around the world, our Daddy Blogger World Tour. And uh, make sure you check out our digital nomad web um, website. We just had a summit as well where we uh, interviewed 30 different uh, digital nomads, world travelers over the course of seven days. So make sure you check out our summit and make sure you subscribe to our podcast too. We've already interviewed plus world travelers, digital nomads, and entrepreneurs and we have a lot more to come. So thanks everyone for tuning in to this episode of Digital Nomad Mastery. Happy travels.